So this morning, I want to share with you what I've been teaching on fulfilling kingdom mandate. I will continue in it. But today we'll be looking at bringing heavens down to the earth. Bringing heavens down to the earth. But before I do that, let me just uh, go back to last week's Sunday and just remind us of a key, few key points that we looked at. Remember, I spoke about our divine assignment. What is the divine assignment of the church? The divine assignment of the church, the divine assignment, your divine assignment as a believer is to bring heavens down to earth. Hello, somebody. Somebody say, but I want to go to heaven. Uh, you know, I don't like the way all this COVID-19 is not in heaven. Absolutely, it's not there. And I'm packing. I would just want to go. I don't have any problem with that. But the question I have for you is that, have you completed your assignment here? Have you finished your assignment here? You're not here by accident. You got born again, and they didn't take you to heaven immediately. Why? Because you have an assignment here. Don't confuse assignment with destination. Heaven is our destination. Heaven is the, you know, where eventually we will get to. We will go to. But we have an assignment to carry out here. That is why when the disciples went to meet him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. He said, in this manner you will pray. Oh, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom, what? And your will be done, what? As where? I submit to you that anything that is not in heaven regarding your life, regarding your situation, anything that the Father has not ordained in heaven, written in heaven, concerning our lives, concerning our city, should not be existing in our lives. Should not be existing in our domain of influence. It is your duty, it is my duty, to ensure that these things do not exist. The problem is that many, many times, the church of God, we have only been thinking about ourselves. We have not been thinking about the assignment. So we go to God all the time, asking me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, oh, so that I can have all that you want to give me. So it's about give me. So your prayer is that Lord give me. Oh Lord give me. Lord give me. But have you gone to him and said, Lord, what do you want me to do for you? What assignment do you have for me? Why did you, why have you, why did you save me? Why have you left me here? What assignment? And if you change your prayers and start to think in the light of assignment, your prayer for yourself will reduce. The reason why your, your prayer life has been dominated by give me, give me, give me, give me, give me is because you are not thinking about this assignment. When you make him your priority, he will make you his priority. He'll make you his priority. It's something that I've discovered in my own life. Say your kingdom will come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And verse number 13. He says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The Holy Spirit just reminded me. He said, you need to also let them know what is in 11. That asking that his kingdom what, be made manifest and his will be done on earth precedes asking that we should give him this day our daily bread. That the moment you are asking him for the kingdom to come, I'm telling you, number 11 will naturally just flow into your life. 
So give us this day our daily bread. And then forgive us our sins. Because God wants his kingdom to come upon the earth. And I shared with us five things about what? About the government of the kingdom. We're looking looking at the government of the kingdom last week. And I remember I took you to Isaiah chapter number 9 from verse number 6. Therefore unto us a child is born. And unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called what? Wonderful. And what again? Counselor. And what again? Mighty God. Everlasting Father. And the Prince of Peace. Verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And I mentioned five things. Number one is this. That when it comes to the government, you know, we looked at the word, meaning of the word government. Government simply means rulership. It simply means dominion. The government is the same word for kingdom. Very, very, they are closely related. The word government there means rulership and it means dominion. The word kingdom of God is the word, also the word dominion. So when he said, let, and the government will be upon his shoulder, he's almost saying, and the kingdom will be what? Upon his shoulder. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And I said five things. Number one, when it comes to the kingdom of God, as a believer, God will take you through his process to be in you, for you to learn obedience, for you to learn how to operate in the kingdom. And it's not something that should be there forever. It's not been in class for 40 years. No, if you're willing to walk with him and obey him, this is something that what, that God can do and do a quick walk in our lives. Process is not supposed to be for years and years and years and years and years. That is why he came. That is why he died. That is why he gave us the Holy Spirit to help us in our process. Because I don't want you to have an idea, oh yes, I'm going through process. For the next 20 years, I'm going through process. No, I'm, you're going through his process. The more you yield to him, the more you quicken your process. The more there's acceleration so that you can get to destination in time. Amen. Number two, I said he was a child that was born and then became the son that was given. A child that was born and the son that was given. What does that mean? That Jesus was both human and divine. Just like the believer today. Just like the believer today. We are both human and divine. Then what's the difference between him and us? This is the difference. It was first of all divine and then human. But we are first of all human and then divine. Can I stop at this point and say something that I didn't say last week, which I want to pass across? Please, I appeal to you, stop saying I'm only human. I've heard this said by many believers. Oh, you know, I'm only human. Many times to excuse the weaknesses in character and sometimes the weaknesses. What you don't know is that when you're thinking like that, you limit the potential or the power of God to release his limitless potential in your life. You limit it. Because you are only thinking humanly now. 
But you are not just human. At least one third of you is what war Holy Ghost. Because you are first of all spirit, you have a soul and you live in the body. And in your spirit dwells the spirit of the living God. So you are not just human. You are what? You are what? Divine and human. Jesus was born by immaculate conception. So he was first of all divine and then he took on humanity. He didn't live here as God. He lived here as a man. But he was born by immaculate conception. We were not born by immaculate conception. We were born naturally. But the moment you gave your heart to Jesus, the divinity, the power, the grace of God, and the presence of God, the spirit of God comes to dwell inside of you. Changing everything about you. So you are not just human. Stop saying this. Stop saying I'm only human. I'm only human. You are not only human. It's ignorance. Secondly, the difference between him and us that the fullness of the Godhead dwell in him bodily. We don't have the fullness of the Godhead in us. We just have a measure, a measure of the Godhead. We have a measure, not the fullness. But when he was here, the fullness of the Godhead, the entire presence, the entire power of God dwelled in him bodily. And the Bible says we are completing him. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 and 10. We don't have the fullness of the Godhead. We have a measure of it to the extent of God's calling in your life. But the measure you have is enough for you. Because we have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. Verse number 3. I said exercising kingdom authority is the responsibility of the believer. Amen. Stop saying I don't know why the city is this way. I don't know why what is happening to me. You do something about it. Because you have the grace of God on your life. If you don't bind the enemy, if you don't take authority, nothing takes place. Because he's giving the authority to you. Did he not say after he rose from the dead, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He now said, go! Immediately he delegated the authority to the, to the church. Go in my name. Go in my name. So have you gone in his name? That's the reason why the city is the way it is. The nations are the way it is. You know, the picture of the city is the picture of the church. Hello. So why are the nations of the earth the way they are? That's the picture of the church. Praise God. Oh, these people, these politicians, politicians rule where the church or when the church is not, is not ruling. When we are not taking authority. When we're not pushing back, they just go ahead and do whatever, whatever, whatever. We started praying last week because the premier was not just going to give us any data of lockdown. He just he kept on lecturing everybody to go down and stay, to go down, no, 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 no playground, nothing. Then where is he getting this thing from? Where is it? Because they kept saying by the, the moment you go early, you go hard, you lock people down, then the cases of COVID-19 disappear. As if <laughs> you can lock down the air. Lock down the air. Suddenly, you started praying, whosoever is giving this counsel, let this counsel be turned into the counsel of Ahitophel into foolishness. Because it's not real. I've spoken to medical personnel. I've spoken to med- You can't just decree it and lock people out and lock people down 
and then you, you think it will disappear. No. And it's obvious. Whatever is happening is obvious. Can I tell you some truth? I'll let you know this very, very clearly. A lot of those things coming from the office of these premiers are simply political. They are political. They have agendas they are pursuing. So what agenda? You find out yourself. They have agenda they are pursuing. That's why they are carrying out. You can't lock a whole nation down. You can't lock a whole city down. You can't lock a local state down. Especially when there's COVID all over the entire place. You can't lock it down. Won't people come from America? Won't people come from Canada? Won't people come from, won't they come from other places? Won't they come? Or we must lock ourselves that nobody comes here, then we become what? I think we should all, maybe it is better than everybody should just move to, uh, uh, where do the hermits live? But that is not, that is not, that is not, that is not, that is not God's plan for us. God's plan is for us to take authority and rule and reign in the midst of the situation. Can you imagine you taking authority, me taking authority, the church taking authority? What do you think will happen to our cities? What do you think will happen to it? But if we are complaining and, you know, everybody is afraid, everybody is running, then what you have is situation. That is, that, is, that is taking place. But listen to me. This church is rising up. This church is becoming what God has. And I'm not just talking about our church. I'm talking about the church. The true church of God is rising up in the midst of this situation. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the kingdom of God, peace is the foundation for increase. And number five, the capacity of the kingdom is completely and totally limitless. Imagine, you know, this kingdom that we belong to with totally limitless capacity and then we are so limited in our operations but no more in the name of Jesus. We will unleash the limitless power of the kingdom in our lives and we will break forth and break through in the name of Jesus. And this thing would not be limited by any outside force or any other force in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you once again for your word this morning. We give you praise for utterance. Thank you because your word will run swiftly through me. And in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, it will not be limited, hindered by any outside force. Thank you, Father, because your people will hear clearly. In the name of Jesus, they will not hear something that I've not said, but they will hear clearly. Their hearing will also not be limited. In the name of Jesus Christ, thank you for free flow right now. Thank you so much in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for revelation. Thank you for insight that no man will be beclouded or darkened. That none will be hearing something else. In Jesus' name. So this morning, I'm taking you to bringing heaven down to the earth. How many of us are truly interested in bringing heaven down to earth in our situation? Let me see your hands up. How many of us are truly interested? Okay. So let's go. Let's learn. Bringing heavens down to earth. You are a heavenly citizen. And you have what rights and privileges. And heavens wants to manifest to you. Is giving us this message at this time because it, it is what time 
said, Thou will arise and have mercy upon Zion. Remember the word on Friday. For the time to favor her, yes, the set time has come. We are in a set time of manifesting kingdom, of bringing kingdom word down to the earth, of manifesting the kingdom, expressing the kingdom, releasing the kingdom, kingdom power in our lives and situations. And I'll be taking us to a practical demonstration of that in scriptures. And I'll be taking us to Matthew chapter 14 from verse number 13. Matthew chapter 14 from verse number 13. It reads, and I quote, Matthew 13, I mean 14 from verse number 13. Yes, and when Jesus heard it, what did he hear? You need to find that from scriptures. It was just after the death of John the Baptist. Uh, Jesus had it. He departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes had it, they followed him on foot from the cities. Verse 14. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude. And he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. So the Bible says he saw a great multitude. So these are not just a few people but a great multitude. The word multitude alone will have been immense, will have been quite a huge number. But when you now add great to multitude, you're talking about a very huge number. And he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. Verse 15. When it was evening, at the end of the day, at the conclusion of the crusade, after the meeting ended, his disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that may go into the villages and buy themselves food. Why did they say that? We'll find out. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Verse 17. And they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Verse number 19. Then he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaf to the disciples and the disciples gave to the multitudes. So they all ate and were what? Filled and they took up 12 baskets full of fragments that remained. So they had more than enough they ate and they were filled. Amen. God, the kingdom, has the power to produce. It's always, the kingdom is not limited. And he will do exceedingly, abundantly, and above. There's no limitation in the kingdom. After feeding this great multitude, they still had 12 baskets full of fragments that remained. And I'm telling you, well, okay, don't let me be ahead of myself. Let, let's go to another, let's go to the version by Mark. Because this is one of the very few occurrences during the ministry of Jesus that were reported by all the four gospel writers. All the four gospel writers reported this particular uh, miracle. Mark Chapter number 6 from verse 31. Mark 6, 31. And I'll be reading this from the TPT version. There was such a swirl of activity around Jesus. 
with so many people coming and going that they were unable to even eat a meal. So Jesus said to his disciples, come, let's take a break and find a secluded place where you can rest a while. 32. Then they slipped away and left by sailboat for a deserted spot. But many of the people saw them leaving and realized where they were headed. So they took off running along the shore. Then people from the surrounding towns joined them in the chase. And a large crowd got there ahead of them. Let me say something about this. You can't have outstanding miracle without being excited for the world. You cannot have it. Oh yes, I'll read it when I have time. You won't be a candidate. Maybe you'll get a little trickle here and there. But when you don't have, there's nothing like being in faith and not being excited. There's nothing like it. Look at these people. Look at, but many of them, when they saw them leaving and realized where they, they took off running. Can you imagine you running to church? Can you imagine making sure that, you know, sometimes I look at people, you know, especially when we are doing uh, sanctuary worship. Somebody coming into church at all close, service will have started by 11. And getting to church at, uh, I mean, started by 10.30. And getting to church at almost 11. And you still doing like this. And you're greeting people. Hey, how are you? Greeting people. I looked at, I said, this person is not ready yet to move to the next level. If you are late, you go there, you have, you have come to meet with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You, 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 in fact, you get there 10.30, you get there before 10.30. You don't get there. Can I, can, I, can I be very, very frank with you? If somebody should ask you to come and collect $5 million, get there 10.30, will you be stolen and then get the door and say, how are you, uh, Mr. So-and-so? How are you, Brother So-and-so? Will you be doing that? Will you be doing that? Many of us will have been there 30 minutes before. Or even one hour with your getting ready. Why are you doing that? Oh, they said you come and collect. But there's something more than gold. Something more than silver. The spirit of God in the lives of men is something more than gold. Can you see the reason why we're not getting the miracles we desire? Can you see the reason why we're not expressing the power of God the way we want it? Can you see? Because of the value you place on the word and of the kingdom. So the value you place on there. You come in 1030 service, you come in at 11. 10.30 service, you come in at past 11. And then you are still doing like this. You are still doing like this. You are still doing like that. No, 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 no. I just smile. I say, well, one day you will get it. One day you will be ready. They ran. They ran. Because they were not going to miss out. No wonder they experienced this outstanding miracle. You start to do that and you see what God will do in your life. They ran. The people from the surrounding towns took off. They took off. Running. The time. Can you imagine you getting there? Maybe you got to church at 10 30, the service, and you're running to get there, to get inside. You're not still strolling and say, hey, oh, uh, well, well, and you are strolling. Because you have come. You have not come to Lion's Club. You've come to meet with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If you are going to even meet with Scott Morrison, and they said the program starts at 10.30. Can you be strolling at uh, a train like this and, and they will allow you to enter? They won't allow you to enter. They won't allow you to enter. Have the same attitude. You are meeting with somebody greater than Scott Morrison. Greater than the Premier. Greater 
than uh, than the, uh, than, than President Biden. Greater than all those people. And that is the God that we serve. Change your attitude. Change your mindset from today. They arrived before them and came together to him. 34. By the time Jesus came ashore, a massive crowd was waiting. At the sight of them, his heart was filled with compassion because they seemed like wandering sheep who had no shepherd. So he taught them many wonderful things. 35. Later afternoon, his disciples said, it's getting really late and we're here in this remote place with nothing to eat. 36. You should send the crowds away so they can go to the surrounding villages and buy food. This is the reason why they said they should send them away. But the answer, 37, you give them something to eat because he will not send them away. Jesus will not send anybody away. If you come to him with boldness, if you come to him with your desire, with your needs, he will not send you away. He's not in the business of sending, what about those who used to come to church and they're no longer, in they walked away. He didn't send them away. Hey, but the reason why they walked away is because of the sin I committed. No, in spite of your sin, he won't send you away. He wants to carry you. He wants to wash you clean. He wants to make you brand new if you will not walk away. You really want us to go and buy them supper? It will cost a small fortune to feed all these thousands of hungry people. 38. How many loaves of bread do you have? Oh, I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting there. Go and see. After they had looked around, they came back and said, five plus a couple of fish. Then he instructed them to organize the crowd and have them sit down in groups on the grass. So they had them sit down in groups of hundreds and fifties. 41, then Jesus took the five loaves and two fish and gazed into heaven and gave thanks to God. He broke the bread and the two fish and distributed them to his disciples to serve the people. And the food was multiplied in front of their eyes. And everyone had plenty to eat and was fully satisfied. Then the twelve disciples picked up what remained and each of them ended up with a basket full of leftovers. Altogether, 5,000 families were fed that day. How many will be 5,000 families? Not just 5,000 men. TPT explained it further. Say 5,000 families. How many will there be? How many do you think will be in a family? One man, one husband, wife, and one child. Even China that adopted that, they've changed now. Not talk of in this time when, you know, one man, one child. How many children do you think will be? I'll leave that to your imagination. How many will be? But let me take you to Luke. Let's read from Dr. Luke. Verse, chapter number 9 from verse number 10. Luke, chapter number 9 from verse number 10. Let's read the account of Luke. And the apostles, when they had returned, told him all that they had done. Then he took them and went aside privately to a deserted place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. Can you see, Luke gave us more information that they were in a city called Bethsaida. Verse number 11. But when the multitudes knew it, they followed him and he received them and spoke to them about, the, about what? 
about the kingdom of God. So Luke also gave us the message he was preaching to them about what? The kingdom of God. Fulfilling the kingdom mandate. Fulfilling the kingdom mandate. So he was teaching them. He was training them. He was imparting them based on the kingdom of God. And healed those who had need of healing. Verse number 12. When they began to wear, and the twelve came and said to him, Send the multitudes away, that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions, for we are in a deserted place here. Thirteen, but he said to them, You give them something to eat, because Jesus will not send anybody. Can I say that again? Jesus will not send anybody word away. He doesn't send people away. In fact, he said, Come unto me. Isn't that what he said? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your soul. He doesn't send people away. You give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. Verse 14. For there were, for there were about 5,000 men. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so, and made all sit down. 16. Then they took the five loaves and two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them, and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitudes. 17. So they all ate and were filled, and twelve baskets of leftover fragments were taken up by them. Verse number... Okay. But taken up by them, 17. Finally, let's go to John, the beloved. The beloved apostle. And I'll be reading John chapter 6 from verse number 1. Again from the TPT now. John chapter 6 from verse number 1. After this, Jesus went to the other side of the lake of Tiberias. Again, John giving us another detail. That the sea was what? The Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, or the Lake of Tiberias, which is also known as the Lake of Galilee. And a massive crowd of people followed him everywhere. They were attracted by his miracles and the healings they watched him perform. Jesus went up the slope of a hill and sat down with his disciples. Now it was approaching the time of the Jewish celebration of Passover that would explain why they had that great multitude because it was the Passover, the feast of the Jews. It was the time of the Passover. So everybody was coming into Jerusalem. Now it was approaching the time of the Jewish celebration of Passover and there were many pilgrims on their way to Jerusalem in the crowd. Verse 5. As Jesus sat down, he looked at and saw the massive crowd of people scrambling up the hill, for they wanted to be near him. So he turned to Philip. Now, John is also giving us more detail that the first person he turned to was Philip. He turned to Philip and said, where will we buy enough food to feed all those people? Verse 6. Jesus already knew what he was about to do, but he said, to, but he said this to stretch Philip's faith. Praise God. He said it to do what? To stretch. King James said, he said it to test him. God will not use an untested vessel. Hello. Sometimes he will allow a circumstance to 
test what is actually truly is in your heart. Because people can say anything. Sometimes we say a lot of stuff. But what exactly is in your heart will be revealed by your actions. Amen. So he said it to test Philip. For he himself knew what he would do. Verse number 7. So Philip answered, Well, I suppose if we were to give everyone only a snack, that means just a little thing, it will cost thousands of dollars to buy them food, to buy enough food. But just then, Andrew, Peter's brother, spoke up and said, Look, here's a young person with five belly loaves and two small fish. But how far would that go with this huge crowd? Have everyone sit down. And Jesus said to his disciples, So on the vast grassy slope, more than 5,000 hungry people sat down. (laughs) 11. Jesus then took the barley loaves and the fish and gave thanks to God. He then gave it to the disciples to distribute to the people. Miraculously, the food multiplied with everyone eating as much as they wanted. When everyone was satisfied, Jesus told his disciples, now go back and gather up the pieces left over so that nothing will be wasted. The disciples filled up 12 baskets of fragments, a basket of leftovers for each disciple. Uh, but uh, look at the way it's been put here. See? A basket of what? For each disciple. I believe that the boy would not have been forgotten. Oh yes. Something would have been given to the boy too. In fact, I believe that boy would have gone home that day with a basket. And all the people were astounded as they saw with their own eyes the incredible miracle that Jesus had performed. And they began to say among themselves, he really is the one, the true prophet we've been expecting. Now let's break this thing down. And I'll go back to the book of Matthew. Remember, bringing heaven down to earth. Matthew chapter 14 from verse number, you know, let's, from verse number 14. And when Jesus was 13, when Jesus went out, he saw this great multitude. He was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. When it was evening, so it was at the end of the day, disciples came to him. This is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitude away. They may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said, don't send them away. You give them something. And they said, we have only five loaves and two fish. In bringing heaven down, number one thing you need to lay hold upon is this. Many times, what God will be asking you to do, many times, what you need to get done in your life, sometimes for people, even regarding cities and nations, they will always be greater than what you can do in your own power, in your own strength. Hello. Many, many times, many, many times, have you noticed that, look at, look at even what we're talking about, about the finances that were putting together look, as deposit for a new church building. If we could just, everybody just, you know, we would be asking people to, no, we'll just write the check and just, it will always be bigger. And that was just the deposit. 
not the entire thing. What God will ask you to do. Have you noticed that many times when you're trusting God for finances, simply because you don't have them in your bank account? When you're trusting God for a child to be changed, it's simply because you can't just change him or change her. The assignment or some things that you, you're trusting God to do in your own strength, in your own life, you'll be incapable of doing them. Then somebody says, well, then what do I do? That is the reason for being able to bring heavens down. You are not equipped by God to take on a lot of the things that we are. That is why, you know, worry sets in and the rest of it. Oh, look at what I'm going through. Look at what I'm facing. Look at this COVID thing. I don't know what to do. Then listen. What you need to do is look for a seed. Look at the seed. It, everything in the kingdom begins with a seed. A seed. To the disciples, what will five loaves and two fish do among the great multitude? They didn't understand the dimension of the kingdom. Jesus was not looking for hundreds of baskets that will feed the entire thing. He was looking for the seed. He said, what do you have? We only have here. They said, only five loaves and two fish. But that was enough for Jesus. The seed. Locate the seed. Lay hold on the seed. Amen. What do I do about this situation? Locate the seed. What is the seed? That is where the kingdom, to unleash the kingdom, it begins with a seed. Amen. What exactly is the seed? What is the seed? Luke chapter 8 verse 11. Luke chapter 8 verse 11. Because what I'm talking is just bigger than just finances. Luke 8 11. Luke 8 11. What does it say? Now it uh, 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. Locate the seed. Lay hold on the seed. The five loaves and I mean the five loaves and two feet that they brought to Jesus was the seed that he needed, that he was looking for. And if you're trusting God for finances, also whenever you talk to God about a need, God is will reply you with a seed to sow a seed. Locate the seed. This the seed is the word of God. They brought to him five loaves and two fish. That looks small to them. To them, that could do nothing. But with Jesus, he wanted just the seed. Amen. And you know, then they said to him, we only have five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them to me. Bring them here to me. The moment you locate the seed, what do you do to the seed? Locate the seed. Remember, the seed is what? The seed is the word of God. Maybe I should break that further. John, further helped us with that in John chapter 1. John chapter 1 from verse number 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The moment you're able to locate the seed of the word, the seed or the word has the same capacity, inherent capacity in it, as God. 
What word is God saying about that situation to you? When I was talking to us about the giving to the being, I shared with you 2 Samuel 7, 10. I shared with you Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 and 6. And I went further to even 9. Now, this was the word that God has been putting in my heart. In fact, I remember in January this year, I went there with my friend, Pastor Brian, and I said, let's just go ahead and spend time and pray concerning this. I laid my hands on the building, and the word came so clearly to me, transfer of ownership. As far as God was concerned, it was at that point that the ownership of that building was transferred to us. Transfer of ownership. Oh, yes. What did he say that? To give me what the word. And further, he added 2 Samuel 7, 10. And then he added Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 and 6. Those words are more real to me than the state of finances. Those words are more real to me than circumstances and situations. Those words are more real to me than whatever situation may be, may be happening now. And for me, they are not prevailing situations. They are not prevailing circumstances. I will never tell you that under the circumstances, under, because I'm not under any circumstance. Look at the word concerning that particular issue. What word has it given to you? What word is it given to you? What word have you received? In the beginning was the word. When you make the word the beginning, I'm telling you the situation will end according to the word. It will end according to the word because the word of God is what? The highest manifestation of God on the face of the earth. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. It was there in the beginning with God. There was nothing that was made that was made without him. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness. And darkness cannot what? Comprehend it. Verse number 9. And he came to his own. The word came to his own. That's where the problem is. The word came to his own. But his own did not receive him. The word came to his own. The word did not receive His own did not receive him. For as many as received him, verse 9, he gave them what? King, New King James says, he gave them the right to become the sons of God. KJV says, he gave them the power to become the word of God. I was meditating on that word this morning. And the Holy Spirit said to me, he said the word interpreted right there is the word authority. That as many as receive the word, the word will give them the right to what? John chapter 1. Verse, I mean, John chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. 9 and 10. Let's go to 10, continue to 11. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. As many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. Verse number 12. As many as he gave the right to become children of God, KJB says he gave them the power to become the children of God to those who would believe in his name. For as many as believe, he gave them the power, he gave them the right, because the word of God does not just enlighten, the word of God brings what? Power and authority. Then verse 14. 
He now says what? And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. What word is God giving to you? What word has God given to us concerning the building? What word has God given to you concerning that child? What word has God given to you concerning that hidden? In some cases, the words are already very clear in scriptures. You don't need to be looking for a particular word when it comes to healing, when it comes to, you know, you don't need all of it. It's clear. But in some cases, what do I do? Do I take this job or should I not? You need a word. Should I marry this person or not? You need a word. Don't marry anyone because the person came from what? Oh, you know, he's from my country. He's from my tribe. You have missing it big time. Oh, I like the smile. Maybe he's putting on that smile for you. What happens when you get home and uh, when, they say when the robber hits the road, when there's no smile to put on? What happens then? Hello, what happens then? That's why you need to go and like the way she uses her makeup. The way by the time you put on the makeup. What happens when she's not putting on any makeup? Or will you every morning quickly before you wake up, clip and put the makeup and then say, Yeah, 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 oh, my darling, oh, yeah. And you say, Oh, wow, you're looking good every day. What happens? What happens? I like, she, I want to marry her because she's slim. Let her start to have children. Will she remain slim? What happens after those changes start to take place? That is why you need to hear the word from heaven. You can't just afford to take decisions based on all those circumstances, based on your feelings. Feelings are fleeting. Unfortunately, many in the church are led by feelings. Feelings are fleeting. They are up and they are down. When you walk and live by feelings, you are yo-yo. Today, you are, ooh, because something good. Ah, ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because something has changed. Why? Yeah, that. Stop and grow up. Get out of that. And be movable. Because you are building on the word of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Oh, Pastor, why are you? Why? This, this is really, really hard. Can I show you that Jesus also? Because we don't want us to remain babies. Enough of babyhood. Enough of remaining babies. Hello, somebody. Turn to your neighbor and say enough of remaining babies. It's time to grow up. It's time to become sons of God. The Bible says for the whole world, they are waiting for manifestations of babies of God. Sons of God. It's time for us to become sons of God. God wants us to grow up. You can't manifest the kingdom if you are not becoming sons. Unto us, a child, and unto us, a son is given. He was not given until he became a son. If you want to be given, then you must grow up and become a son, not just remain a child. Somebody said, but I'm a, I'm a lady. Why didn't they say, no, don't think natural. 
The word son is not just talking about male, it's talking about maturity. And the word became fresh and dwelt amongst, locate the word. The word is the seed. You know, the reason why sometimes circumstances hit people and they collapse is because there's no word. There's no seed that they're standing on. There's no word. The word is foundation. The word is foundation. The word is foundation. It will bring enlightenment. It will bring empowerment. The moment you locate the word, what do you do with the word? Bringing heaven down to earth. What did he do? Verse 18. Matthew 14. Verse 18 said, bring them here to me. The moment you locate the word, start to plant that word in this word in the ground of your heart. Start to plant that word in the ground of your heart. The moment you have found it, how do you plant the word in the ground of your heart? Through what? Number one, your sight. By reading that word, by going back and read your notes, if you are not taking notes, by going back and listening. There are three ways you plant something in your heart. One, what you see. Two, what you hear. Three, what you meditate upon. Through your meditation, what you see. What you see. What have you been seeing? What do you see? What do you spend more time seeing? Or determine what is what? abounding in your heart. Plant the word inside your heart. Amen. Plant the word inside your heart. So that, that word, the moment the word is rooted in your heart, nothing, there's no force on earth that can stop it from coming to pass. Let, let me take you to Matthew chapter 12 from verse 37. Matthew 12 from verse 30 says, Plant the word in your heart. Plant the word in your heart. Let's go to 34, please. Let's go to 34. Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what do you have in abundance in your heart? Hello. What do you have abundance in your heart? Oh, this COVID is consuming everybody. This thing is... No, what do you have in abundance in your heart? When the news comes, when you hear the, the noise that is coming from the city, what do you have in abundance in your heart? What have you been putting in your heart? The moment the noise comes, what exactly is in your heart will rise up against it. So if you have been storing God's war, it will rise up against it. To say, no, don't take that. That's not true. That's a lie. Don't believe that. That's not for me. It will rise up. The mouth speaks. Verse 35. What does it say? For a good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth what? Good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasures of his heart, brings forth what? Evil things. A good man, out of the good treasure. The word treasure is the word deposit of his heart. Brings forth Good things. If you want to bring forth good things, then start to make good deposits. Hello. Start to make good deposits. Make good deposits. 
and good deposit may, may necessitate you uh, deny yourself of some things, may necessitate you limiting the time on social media. Because you can't spend all the time, you know, you're on, on this particular, uh, my uh, special towns, townspeople uh, WhatsApp. You're on this uh, uh, special friends WhatsApp. You're on this particular one, and those who are taking the city WhatsApp. You're on this one, this one WhatsApp. You are, how many WhatsApp groups are you? How many? And you, you're going there, you're going there, you're going there. And, and you know something else that is taking place in the church now? Sometimes people are reading. You think people are reading the Bible, but notifications of, uh, of uh, you know, some of these things are coming in, and they're checking, and they're looking at it. They are distracted. And what is happening is this, is not allowing us to plant good treasures or make good deposits in our hearts. And then, because good deposits are not being made, it's becoming more and more challenging to bring forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasures brings forth evil things. And it's a plan from the pit of air. Because as long as you are distracted, you are unable to produce good things. Those words are coming to bring distraction. So be very careful. The things that you spend time in, be very, very careful. So that they don't dis cause distraction and render you unable to bring forth good. Let me give you an example. From the scriptures, Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. From verse 21. Matthew 18. From verse 21. Matthew 16. Not 18. Matthew 16. From verse 21. Let's go there. Matthew 16. From verse 21. Matthew 16. Then the Pharisees and Sadducees came. Okay, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples. You know the events here? Peter just prophesied and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. I know you are the Christ, the son of the living God. I was commended by Jesus. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. 21. From that time, Jesus now began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. 22. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Ah, you're not going anywhere. This is my own, uh, <laughs> you know, you're not going anywhere. Lord, what? You're going to die? Oh, what happened? I, I left the fishing business. And have been with you. What do you think will happen to us? You are not going anywhere. Far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. Then, he turned, but he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, what? Satan, you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Peter, you've been distracted, and you are talking this way because your mind is full of the things of men and not the things of God. Because what your mind is full filled with or full of will eventually manifest in your life. Out of the abundance of what? The heart, the mouth speaks. A good man, out of the good treasures of his heart, bring forth good things. So Peter spoke because his mind was filled 
with things of men and not things of God. So start to, you know, start to spend time. The word that is going forth, create time, listen to it. The word that is being shared, spread that devotional, create time, listen to it. Listen to these messages again and again and again so that you can fill your heart with them. And look at it. Jesus rebuked Peter because his mind was filled with those things. Now let's go back to Matthew chapter number 14 from verse number 19. Then he commanded disciples, number one, locate the word. Number two, plant the seed of the word in your heart. Locate the seed. All God is looking for is for you to lay hold on the seed. The seed of the word. Number two, plant that seed in the heart of or in the ground of your heart. Plant it. Plant it by looking at them. Plant it by hearing them. Plant it by meditating on them. Number three, he said to them, then he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. What does that mean? Have no anxiety. When you don't see the changes immediately, after you fasted, after you have prayed, after you have prayed, I spent time before God and I prayed, hallelujah, Lord, thank you. And then there's no change. You don't see an immediate change. Many people with what? We leave faith and start to operate in anxiety. Especially when the circumstances remain seemingly unchanged. You don't know that the enemy is also trying to work. And sometimes he seems to have even gotten worse rather than better. He's putting up his last line of defense. If you will not be moved by those things, the situation will eventually change. He commanded the multitude to sit down. Why? Because as long as they are looking at the many people there, they say, ah, we, what, what will five loaves and two fish do? Oh, this thing cannot do anything here. I don't know. I, I respect the man of God. I respect Jesus. But I, I don't know what, it, maybe this time around he's not getting it. I don't know. Uh, Peter, will you go and talk to Jesus? I've tried to explain to him. He's not, he's not, He's not listening at all. He's not getting it. You don't know that his hearing is dancing to a different tune than the one you are dancing to. There's a word that is hearing from heaven different from the one you are hearing. That is why it's important that all of us are hearing from heaven. He took the five loaves and the two fish. And what did he do? Looked up to heaven. But before then, learn to don't allow anxiety in your heart. What is anxiety? Worry. I told you, God has been saying to me, have no anxiety about it. Because anxiety will bring depression. As long as you continue to focus on the situation, focus on the challenge, oh, I've been praying, oh, no, 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 I don't know why God has not answered me. No, God is not. Listen to him. What is he saying about the situation? What is he saying about the circumstance? What has he said to you? What has he said to you? Don't allow anxiety. Do not worry about your life. What you will eat. What you will put on. About your future. Don't allow anxiety. Especially when situations are not changing. Hold on to the word that God has given to you. 
or this thing seems to be slow, hold on to the word that God learned to command anxiety to sit down and stop looking around. Doubt look around, hello, or fear looks around, doubt looks down, and faith looks up. That is why after taking the five loaves and two fish, he looked up. Faith looks up. Fix your gaze on heaven. He took the five loaves and the two fish and he looked up. While you are in the process of this, of the manifestation of heaven, of the kingdom in your circumstance, in that situation, keep looking up. Keep looking up. Fix your gaze on what heaven is saying. Hello. Fix your gaze because by fixing your gaze, you continue to hear a word or you give you another word of encouragement or sometimes a word of what you need to do. Hello, somebody. Number one point is what? The seed of the word. Look at the seed. I'm deliberately sharing this and repeating them because I don't want to, if I see you during the week or even after the service, I say, what are the five things I said? All the things you said, I don't want you. I want it to be very clear in your heart. The way is very clear in my heart. I want all of us to be on the same page. We have clarity of understanding because there are two things that you need in exercising dominion, your imagination and your understanding. The two of them are important. Without your imagination, that will bring you into the scene of what is happening. And the understanding of the perspective of what is taking place. Or heavenly perspective that God wants you to have about the situation. You can exercise dominion. He took five loaves and two fish and looked up to heaven. And looking up to heaven. Why? Because strength, strength is coming from heaven. And also to hear what will God further say. Is there any additional thing that God will say? And next he now said, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave it to the disciples. I mean to the multitudes. He blessed and broke and gave. That means heaven must have given him further instructions. Now, break it. Now, give the loaves to the disciples. And it will multiply in the hands of the disciples. Because in looking up, it will continue to work, empower you. It will continue to encourage you by further giving you greater understanding on the world. By looking up, you are watering the seed. You are watering the seed. He will give you further understanding. He will give you clarity. He will give you things to do. He will give you actions to take. Because it is in you acting that the realization will come. Not just sitting down doing nothing. Hello. Looked up to heaven and he blessed it. And he broke it and gave the love to the disciples. And the disciples gave to the multitudes. One, locate what? The seed of the world. Two, what do you do? Plant this word or that seed in the ground of your heart. Number three. Have no anxiety about anything. Number four, what do you do? Continue to look up to heaven for further instructions. What will he say to you? Well, and he might just say, give me thanks. He might just say, take this action. He might just say, you know, 
look, continue to look up to heaven. Don't be distracted by the circumstances and the situation. And the disciples gave it to the multitudes, verse number 20. Then what happened? So they all ate and were what? Filled. What happened there? Did they have enough? Absolutely. From where? From the seed of five loaves and two feet. From the seed of five loaves and two feet. Jesus came as a pattern son. And in a lot of things that he did, those actions were carried out to show us what to do when we are in the same situation or circumstances. Then what's the challenge? We're not listening to him. We are not following him. We've been distracted by the enemy, but no more. In the name of Jesus. You will hear with clarity. And you will obey. You will follow him. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of fragments that remained. And they took up how many baskets? 12 baskets. Now how many were there? Tipitises. And there were 5,000 families, which could be between 15 and 20,000. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. And at the end of it, they had more than enough. They got what they wanted. They were well fed and they had abundance. And they had what? Abundance. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up a basket full of fragments that remained. Don't forget the principles that have been laid out to you. The moment you locate the seed of the world, the moment you lay hold on the seed of the world, this is what God is saying about this. Plant them in your heart. The world you have forgotten cannot bring what benefit to you, cannot bring blessing to you. The word of God is meant to enlighten you and to empower you. Nothing can limit the word of God. Nothing can limit the word empowered by the Holy Spirit in your heart and in your mouth. Hello. He looked up to heaven and then God gave him now bless it and now distribute it. Give to the disciples. He was carrying out the actions of faith. What everyone has told him. How do you know that that's what God told him? Because he himself said the son can do nothing except what he sees the father do. So he was just following instructions. He came as a pattern son to follow instructions. You also be the same thing. He might just be thanking God. He might just be saying, oh yes, thank you Lord that is done. Thank you Lord that is done. Thank you Lord that is done. That's maybe what, in your own case, that's what maybe he might be telling you to do. You just follow that to continue to thank him. Then don't go about saying, you know, that, hey, this problem, oh, that problem. You must not go about saying that again. Because by going about making, saying that, you are dismantling what God has started with you. There's prophetic power in the believer's mouth. Amen. Only start to say about your situation what heaven has said about it. Are you listening to me? Only continue to say about your situation what heaven has said about it. Amen. That's why the word must be planted in your heart. Because if it's not planted in your heart, when circumstances change or when situations do not seem to be changing, you find yourself just going in that direction. That will not lead you to your destination. That will only distract you from the pattern 
from the purpose, from the will, and from what heaven has intended. Amen. Make this as a practice in your life. Next Sunday, I'll be taking us to the language of heaven to check whether you have been speaking the language of heaven or you have just been talking your own. Hello, I'm going to take you there. Amen. What, what is language of heaven? Is it not English language? Well, we'll find out whether it's English language next week Sunday. I want you to rise up on your feet. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love. He and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to show my saviorly. Because he lives, because he lives, I confess He leaves. All fear is gone. All fear is gone. Because I know He holds my future. My life is worth a living just because He lives. Because He lives. Because He lives. I confess tomorrow. I can face tomorrow because it leaves. All fear is gone. All fear is gone because I know. Because I know He holds my future. My life is worth a living just. Because he lives. Heavenly Father, as you have delivered to me, I've delivered to your people. As you've planted the word in my heart, I've spoken those words and I've shared them with your people. Father, I pray right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that the words that they've heard None, nobody will be a forgetful hearer. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for light, for revelation, for insight. Oh Lord, so that we can be relocated from where we are to where we ought to be in you. Lord, I pray that this word will remain indelible in our hearts and that the word is being declared from our mouth. In the name of Jesus, Lord, you want us to be co-laborers with you, bringing heaven down to earth in our circumstances, in our situation, because there's no limitation in heaven. Heaven is completely without any limitation. The kingdom of God is totally limitless. It's totally limitless. And therefore, Limit, things that have limited us and hindered us, they have not come from heaven. God, you have not sent these things to us. 
But Lord, you are teaching us right now, helping us to see so that we can make the necessary adjustments in our heart so that we can start to manifest the kingdom. You spoke to us on Saturday for the time to favor us. Yes, the said time has come. I declare over your people right now, again, I say no more limitation. Say the said time has come to manifest the kingdom in your lives, in every area of your life, in your body, in your finances, in regarding your family, concerning your future, in the name of Jesus, you will manifest the kingdom. Father, I pray for clarity for them. They will know what to do. They will not walk in darkness. They will have the light of life because you are the light of the world and anyone that is following you will not walk in darkness. They will have the light of life. Father, therefore, I pray in the name of Jesus. Come and help us, O Lord. I want you to pray for yourself. and say, Lord, help me to follow. I will no longer be distracted by the noise in the city. I will no longer be distracted by the circumstances of my life. I will no longer be distracted by the situation that seems to confront me. I will not be distracted. In the name of Jesus, pray for yourself. No, Lord, no more distraction. No more distraction. No more distraction. I will not be distracted. You will not be distracted. In the name of Jesus, help me to follow. Help me to follow. Help me to obey. Help me to obey. In the name of Jesus, help me to obey. Help us to obey. Father, I pray for your people. Even as they all pray right now, let heaven hear your voice. Not just what I'm saying. Let heaven hear your voice. In the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus, it's not the time to do anything else. It's not the time to be adjusting yourself. It's the time to open your mouth and speak. Let heaven hear your voice right now. That I will not. I will not be distracted. I will not be disobedient. I will hear. I will obey. In Jesus name. I will hear with clarity. In the name of Jesus. Thank you father. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Now I want you to pray after me. Heavenly father. I can't hear you. Heavenly father. I want to thank you. For your word. Thank you. For the light of your world. Thank you. For revelation. Thank you. For insight. Father. I ask right now. For the grace. I ask right now. For the help. Of the Holy Spirit. To obey. To walk. In the light. Of your world. That I have had. Because. I want to manifest heaven. I want to bring heavens down into my situation, my circumstance, my family, my body, my finances. Therefore, Lord, help me to walk in the light of your world. Grant me the grace that I will no longer be distracted. I will no longer be distracted. I will no longer be distracted, but I will walk in the light, and therefore I will have the light of life for the time to favor me. The time to favor me, the set time has come. The time for me to walk in outstanding favor 
unusual favor, supernatural favor. The time has come. The time for my city. The time for a nation to experience the manifestation of the sons of God. The time has come. Therefore, I will manifest. I will manifest no longer with any force. No longer with any force. Limit me. Hinder me. No outside force can stop me from manifesting. I will manifest the kingdom of God, the grace of God, the power of God in my life. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Lord, for the word. This is a season of supernatural favor for us. For the time has come for the manifestation of prophetic promises, Lord. That your sons will start to manifest. No more hindrance. No limitation. In the name of Jesus. We give you praise. We worship you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. And keep you. And cause his face to shine upon you. I can't wait to see and to hear of the testimonies of the kingdom of God in your lives and in your families and in your situation and in your circle. I can't wait. I'm excited about you and I'm looking forward to what the future holds for all of us together. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God.